Are you ready to unapologetically unleash your bold and define your life, money, and business? Define You Radio Class is in session with host the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace, brings you the stories behind the glory. Hear from women and men who decided that life didn't define them. They were going to define themselves. Pen and papers ready. Class is now in session. You know, guys, okay, get off dance mode because I know the intro is just fire. We're dancing and everything else. But guess what? Class is in session. With that being said, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in to Define You Radio. I am your host, Valencia Griffin Wallace. And if you are anything like me, you want to define you unleash and crown up in 2017 if you follow me on social media you know the hashtags you understand what they mean if you're listening i have a special gift for you if you go to bit b-i-t dot lee that's l-y slash keep it queen like i have a gift so i suggest you guys go get it while it's free and hot off the press With that being said, I'm so excited about tonight's show, guys. It's it's a great show. It's it's a planned out show. Now, whether things go as planned, you know, I don't know. We'll see what we get into. (laughs) We're talking about taking off your mask and how to stop being a people pleaser with our very special guest, Miss Cheryl Peavy. And I'm going to say a few things about her and bring her on in a second. But believe it or not, guys, people-pleasing was something I had to deal with. Not so, and, and I hate to use that term because if you see me or listen to me, you know I'm so strong, confident, and stubborn, and just say no, and no is a sentence, and everything, no, no, no. But before I really worked on building my confidence, I would say yes to some things I didn't want to because I wanted to build relationships with certain people. But the thing about those types of relationships, because I'm having to say yes to something I don't want to, they were one-sided. So needless to say, all of that has changed because guess what? I believe in reciprocal relationships. With that being said, Cheryl is a best-selling author, speaker, and inner life coach. She helps women from diverse backgrounds. That means it doesn't matter your background. She is the lady you need to connect with. She'll help you achieve abundant growth from life's traumatic situations so you can live a fulfilled life, not just survive, with, you know, all the mud and drama and everything else, no, so you can learn how to live a fulfilled life. With that being said, let's welcome Miss Cheryl to the show. Cheryl, are you there? <laughs> I am here. Thanks, Valencia. I am so excited to be on the show. And I am ready to go. So, Yay. Okay, Yay. so... <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, the yay is my favorite word. I actually was supposed to retire it like in 2016, but I think it's ingrained in my personality. So why don't you okay. tell the audience a little bit more about you, you know, fill in the gaps a little bit. Um, so that way we could get into the meat of the show. Okay. I'm from, I am a mother to a 15-year-old teenager boy, but more so a little bit more about me. Where I'm at now is best-selling author, speaker, and inner life coach. I never saw myself as that when I was a people pleaser. So who I am now is not who I was then, and I have been through a lot of things in my life, and I want to talk a little bit about some of those experiences so you can really get to know me a little bit better to say, hey, this is not just some person out here just talking. She's actually been through something. And when you really change your mindset and you really love who you are, the world is at your feet. So, I'm, you know, I love to read, write, and I'm very quiet. But um, that's about, you know, that's about the gist of me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I I love that you said, um, you know, you've been through it. You're not just somebody talking about an issue. You've had this issue. And I think that's very Mm -hmm. important, especially to the audience of Define You Radio. They want the chef that tastes his own food. They don't just want the person that reads the recipe and can cook it. No, they want the chef that tastes it, no rather, you know, knows the the heart of the meal, the heart of the story, that defining Cheryl moment. Yeah. So yeah. with that being said, let's talk about how people pleasing has personally affected your life. Well, for me, and in, and this is for everyone, when you really think about your childhood, we can't and don't have control over the things that happen in our childhood. And for me, my father not being a part of my life was a big deal for me. My parents were separated when I was two, divorced by the age of four. So during that time, you know, I would spend every weekend with my dad. But once he remarried, everything changed. I didn't see him that often. His, well, um, you know, his wife or my stepmother didn't want me in her house. So that relationship with my father stopped. So I internalized that. And a lot of times the things that we go through when we're children, we think it's, our, you know, our fault. So I thought that it was my fault that something was wrong with me, that why my dad didn't want to be involved in my life. He didn't want me around. He didn't call So I said, okay, something's wrong with me. And I said, okay, what do I do? And at that age, and I'm going to say it started around six and on, I said, okay, I need to conform myself because I want to be liked and loved by everybody. And as I got older, I realized that I was seeking what I was missing, my father's love. I was seeking it through others. And that's how the people pleasing began for me. Hmm. I'm sorry, excuse me. It's um 
I think most people with a divorce rate, quote unquote, being as high as it is, I know I had a stepdad and a stepmom. So both of my parents mm-hmm. remarried. And like you said, you it, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. You know, me and my stepdad didn't get along because guess what? Mm-hmm. I look like my dad. And uh-huh. me and my stepmom, she was so different from my mom that I just, I didn't like her, you know, mm-hmm. honestly. And then she had kids with my dad, so that was like a violation. So Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can completely relate yeah. to that, having a place and then kind of losing it. So you're trying to mm-hmm. find your fit. Do you think yeah. a lot of women, um, especially when they have a loss of, of that type of relationship, do you think a lot of women tend to go into what I call people pleasing mode? Yes, because you're feeling that something's wrong with you. You you just say, okay, if this person, no matter who it is, if you, because he, you know, think about it. For me, and for most young girls, we're supposed to be daddy's little girls. We're supposed to be just the apple of his eye. So when we're taken off of that pedestal and we're put on the back burner. You're, you're saying, you question yourself. I say, okay, did I say something? Did I do something? What is it? So then you say, okay, how do I get that love that I want from my father? Cause I was trying to figure out how do I get that? But then I said, okay, I need to figure out what I have to do to change myself, you know, to be loved and liked. So what I ended up doing is each person I had a relationship with, whether it's friends or family or even boyfriends as I got older, I changed who I was to accommodate them. So whatever their, um, what they looked for in a, you know, in a friend or a girlfriend, the characteristics, the personality, I became that person. And in the process, I didn't even know who I was, so I lost myself but I was also pleasing them, and I also realized I wasn't happy. And when you are a people pleaser, you're never going to be happy with yourself. You're putting on a mask and pretending to be someone you're not because you're afraid if you are who you are, truly who you are, that no one will like you or love you. Hmm. And that's when you started wearing a mask, so to speak. Yes. So to speak, yes, yes. It was easy to hide behind a mask. It was it was a safety. It was safety because I can pretend I'm all good. I'm happy. I'm fine. So you get used to playing it. It's like playing a role. So you get up and you put the you put what what am I gonna wear today? What type of mask am I gonna put on? And that's what it was for me every single day. Or whoever I dealt with, I became a different person. So I was hmm. never the same person all the time. And it was easy so, to say, okay, I, I'm i sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say it was just, it's easy to, honestly, it's easy to put a mask on. It's easy to pretend to be someone else because you, you, you have this fear that if you are truly you, the world won't like you until you go through a process <laughs> waking up but that's 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 how it was for years and i mean years upon years i wore a mask in different ones 
So when did you, quote unquote, wake up and decide, you know what, <laughs> enough is enough. I'm taking this mask off and this is me. Like when, when or what happened that made you decide to take off the mask? And I'm going to tell you, and this is, I would say it was four years ago. When I lost my mother and grandmother two weeks apart, that totally changed me. I felt that I didn't know who I was. My mother was my rock. She was everything to me. And when I lost her, I felt like an orphan. I'm like, okay, what am I, what am, what am I going to do now without my mom? She was my cheerleader, my supporter. That unconditional love was gone. So one day, I mean, I went through a depression. I, I didn't, I was like on automatic, automatic pilot. I didn't know how I functioned during that time. And I just cried out to God one day and I said, look, I'm tired. I don't know what my purpose is. Why did you, you know, why is, did you take my mom? Why is she not here? What am I supposed to do next? And I said, if I'm meant for something, help me, you know, show me. If not, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to be here anymore. And literally, honestly, when I cried out to God, that is what he, he said to me. I've been waiting for you to ask for my help, and I'm going to show you who you really are, if you'll trust me. And he led Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16, where it talks about you're fearfully, wonderfully made, and he wove me in my mother's womb. And that means when I really thought about it as it resonated within my soul, that God took his time He made me. So that means that I have a purpose. I was planned. I matter. And as he took, as I really took his hand, he leaded me to show me who I really am and that I could take off the mask and I could be me and love me. I I love I love what you said, but I want to go back really quick to losing your your mom and your grandmother in a in two weeks time. So it's almost like you didn't have a chance to deal with you know your grandmother passing. What your mom passed or your grandmother passed first? My grandmother passed first, and then my mom two weeks later. And, and I couldn't I couldn't imagine, you know, I've lost my mom and, you know, my grandmother on my dad's side, but that was many, many, many years apart. And it's it's funny that you really realize at at your time of need who's there for you. So I guess all the people you were running around pleasing mm-hmm. beforehand weren't there when you really needed them. No, and that's what made me wake up because I actually had a, I describe it as a Joseph, you know, and when Joseph was in the pit, when his brothers threw him in a pit, I was actually in a pit. I mean, I hit rock bottom and I tried to get out by myself. But when you're in the pit, there's there's no, there's no ladder, there's no rope. You can't grab at the dirt and climb yourself out. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to, you know, it's like trying to jump up and down saying I can get out by myself. And then as I 
looked up all these people who said, you know, I'm here for you whenever you need to talk. You know, you don't have to go through this alone. When you actually out, and that's what I did. I was actually reaching out to people, and and it was just lip service. That was just something they were saying because that's what you say to someone when someone loses a loved one. It's just a general thing. You know, I'm here for you if you need me. But no one walked that journey with me. And that's when I realized that it was time. Like I said, when I called out to God, that's when I realized I didn't want to be that person anymore. I needed to find out who I was. And when I always call it that, that the light bulb went off, there were relationships that I no longer dealt with. So the mask started to fall, and I started to see myself and accept myself and love myself. And when that started to happen, there were people who would say to me, I don't like this new Cheryl. I don't like you. I don't like, I want the old Cheryl. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not the new Cheryl. This is me being me for once in my life. This is who I really am. And they were like, well, I don't like that. Of course not, because I did everything to please you. I became who you wanted me to be. And if you would come to me and say, well, I don't like how you said this or did this, I would always say, okay, let me see. How can I, you know, do better to please them? That was my mindset because I said if I thought if I pleased everybody that I would be liked and loved, that's not true. They expect more from you. The more you please, the more they expect and the more they criticize. Hmm. Were were you surprised by the people who didn't, quote, unquote, like the new you? Yes. Some people I've known for a long time, I was just shocked. I couldn't believe it. I was surprised. I was. It, it's a lot of times when you are a, a people pleaser and you change, who, not necessarily could change who you are, but you change certain things to please a certain person, I guess. That is the definition of a people pleaser. But when you when you kind of like, okay, I'm taking this mask off because guess what? I have to take care of me now. Then mm-hmm. you will lose some people along the way. Mm-hmm. And don't look at it as a bad thing. It is not. It's a good thing. Because actually once you start to, you know, take the mask off, you start to see things in a different perspective. And then you say to yourself, hmm, wow, you know, I can't believe I was like that. But that's a good thing. Everything that you have been through are being a people pleaser. It's a learning experience to help other people who are people pleasers or don't know how to stop being a people pleaser. And it's just your story. Everything that happens to you matters. Hmm. How did you grow from this situation. I know you talked about you went through, you know, a depression and and feeling like you were alone and how did you grow from that? Cuz a lot of people will have a traumatic situation happen like that or similar and kind of get stuck there in that moment. Uh well, for me, once you how do I say this? You grow by learning to love yourself. 
And that's something I had to do. I had to learn how to love me. I had to learn how to accept all the mistakes I've made, to forgive myself for all the things that I've done or shouldn't have or wanted to do and never did. We are so hard on ourselves more than anybody else. And I had to just say, you know what, I love me right now for who I am. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how I look. It was just that I had to start loving me. And growth comes from accepting who you are and really figuring out what you want to do. Because before, I used to think that life just controlled me, but we can control our own lives. We have the power that is within us. And once we tap into that, we we can grow and be or you know be happy and have fulfilled lives but also it is important to place yourself around positive people you have to mm-hmm. be around positive people who will feed you because that negativity if you are one positive person and you there's a whole bunch of negativity negative is the negativity is always going to win but if you place yourself around positive people, and for me, I, I started to seek out a coach, you know, and that's when I looked into coaching and having someone be my coach to help me figure out who I was, what do I do next, and where do I grow. That's so important to be around people who can take you higher, who can encourage you, who can push you and challenge you. I mean that they really are for you. And then you can't be afraid to let people go. <laughs> you, You're right. You, you know, I'm always talking about pruning season, and um, I'm I'm very much, and we actually talked about this on Sunday night show, because I'm very much a black and white cut and dry. It's either you're good for me or not. There is no... There's no in between. Have I lost people along along the way? Yes. Am I surprised by those the people that I lost along the way? Yes. Do I feel better about me and my life and accomplishing things? Yes. So it was well worth the pruning. And in in w- no, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I also have, or you should also look at it as, as this. The people who have been in our lives, they were in our lives for a reason and for a season. So we take mm-hmm. what, we've, what we've had and learned from them and let it go. And sometimes we just want to hold on to things because we feel that we know what's best. But then it's the fear. It's the fear of, okay, if I let this person go out of my life, what will happen? And I think that's what stops us from a lot of things is fear, fear of the unknown. But it's important that you that's the only way you're going to grow. If you are around someone who's not doing anything, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but if they're always trying to tell you what to do, uh, how you should do your life, and they're sitting there and they're not doing anything, <laughs> what purpose are they? I'm serious, what purpose are they serving? You know, mm-hmm. I, you you don't want to sit on the sidelines with a whole bunch of people who are sitting until you want to get in the game. So mm-hmm. in order to get in the game, you have to be around people who know how to get in the game. So 
So sometimes you have to let some things go. And once you do and you grow, you're like, okay, thank you for what you taught me. And there's, you know, and there's no attitude or I hate you. It's just like, okay, our time is done. Mm-hmm. And we just have to let go and move on. The timer has hope, ran out. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you hope from, from that, from what they see happening with the, the relationship, friendship, not long, you know, longer being there, maybe that would cause them to wake up and see things themselves for them. Hmm. And I and I think and you you hit so many good points, and I think that especially women and men, you know, I'm not alienating you guys, but I'm <laughs> I'm a woman, so I can talk from a woman's perspective. Yeah, I think women we tend to get comfortable in the good, bad, yeah. and ugly, and we're yeah. so scared that we. Our long, we're, we're, we try to turn things that's for a reason. We try to turn it into a season or, or vice versa. We try to make things stay around longer than they need to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're right. You're right. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and I'm sure you could relate to this. Like, as I started yes. to, quote unquote grow into me because that's the one thing I always say I grew into me because I was already me but I had to grow into the me I was supposed to be I lost people like we were on the battlefield Ooh. and you know people that I thought were you know cheerleaders of my progress and my success Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> But I love what you said, though. I love that, where you said you were already you, but you had to grow into you. I love that, because that is true. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah, take off the mask, and you are you. You've always been you, but once you take off a mask of your people, please, then you are able to grow into who you were created. I like right. that. I like that. But, you know, it, it's the it's the truth because, you know, like after losing my mom, I became angry. You know, I know they say there's uh, five stages of grief or however grief. many stages. I stayed yeah. in anger. I was already angry, but I became angrier. And it's not that I was an angry person. I was hurt, and anger was a comfortable expression for me. So instead of having a, quote-unquote, people-pleasing mask, I had a anger, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me mask. And I yes. <laughs> touch on it. I, I hear it in your voice. Touch on it, Cheryl. <laughs> no, you know it is right. That is one of the st- and that's um, one of the state. I mean, definitely one of the stages. First stage is, is, from what I remember, like denial that you can't believe it actually happened. You lost your loved one. Then that anger sets in. Were you just angry at God? You're angry at everything, people. And I yes. And I was like, okay, you got to put this. You got to put this this wall up. I'm like, oh no, you're not going to penetrate this. No, I'm going to, yeah, you're right. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt Right. Me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was, it was was quite quite a phase. And then yeah. after that, when I was like, okay, Valencia, you can't 
go around, be angry at the world because you're going to end up hurting somebody or someone's going to hurt you. And by that time, mm-hmm. I was a parent. So, um, oh, yeah. me, right, me growing out of that anger, like destructive anger phase, um, yeah. took many years. I'm going to just say that. So, um, so it then was, it's I, a process. I didn't it's know how to be eat. me afterwards either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went but into everything. almost people pleasing mode. Like I went into, okay, I'm gonna be extra nice now so people can <laughs> see that I have changed. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's true. But it's it's a process. I think it's a process. You know, um, it's. I mean, and this is the truth. It's not easy. Once you've been a people pleaser for years, it's not easy to say, okay, I'm done. Because sometimes I would notice, wait a minute, I'm falling back into that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because sometimes you'll fall back into that complacent place. So mm-hmm. it's not something that you say, okay, I'm no longer a people, per- you know, people pleaser. I took off the mask. I'm good to go. No, it's a process, especially if you've been a people pleaser for years upon years upon years. And we we definitely for for sanity and self sake we have to say it's not selfish it is self preservation. That was a lot of s's. I hope you guys yes. right wrote that down. <laughs> it 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 is it's necessary because people. I know in in my own life because I like you. I just have one son and. Cameron just made uh, 20. So I've always just had Cameron, of course, you know. And Mm -hmm. as he got older, you know, when your child's older, you kind of have like more time. You you know, no more lugging around car seats or, you know, Mm -hmm. all the little contraptions or having to call somebody to watch your kid. You could just go. So certain people in my life felt like because I have this newfound, you know, I have this freedom that I should be, you know, available to help them with their children. And I'm, no, I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, diapers make me nauseous, Um, you know, and it's too, they, kids come with too, too many instructions, too many, (laughs) you know, you got to put the car seat in this way, that way, strap them in. Remember you got a kid in a car, you know, it's too much, it's too much extra so I just save myself the time and headache and just say no. And, yeah, that causes – and then I'm not – when I was younger, that was one thing. I used to love to watch, you know, watch extra kids and all that. Yeah, I'm not that person anymore. So I say no a lot of times before someone asks a question. I could see the look in your eye. You're about to ask me to watch a kid, you know? <laughs> So do do you get that? Because you know you you just have the one son, correct? That's fifteen. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so that's I'm it. sure you can relate to everything I just said. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Because I have stuff I to it. do. <laughs> yes. So you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think as as women, because we're we're naturally nurturing and we forget us in the process and that's why women 
you know, heart attacks, heart disease, uh, women are at the top of the list on a lot of things that I think can be solved by just saying uh, no. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we feel that what we can take on everything, the jack of all trades, mm-hmm. master of none. Hmm. Just Sometimes it just feels natural. You know, you get caught up. And, 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 and also when you think about it, I, I, I used to hate to say no to people because I'm like, if I say no, then they're going to be mad at me and I don't want anybody mad at me and I don't like arguing. And, and then, then they don't have any respect for you. So also as you're a people mm. pleaser, people don't respect you because if they did, they wouldn't have any expectations from you. They would just accept you for who you are. Hmm. So it's hard to say no when you're a people pleaser. Then once you once you come out of that and then you say no when you're no longer people pleaser, then the attitude still comes. So no matter what, you're still gonna get right. an attitude from somebody. <laughs> I just I just want a shirt that just says no. So that way I don't you know, someone asks me something, I could just point to the shirt and it's a one and done deal. Save me time. You know, mm-hmm. and my voice and whatever else. So, so when we talk about people pleasing and taking off the mask, how how do you think this affects people's ability to achieve personal growth? You can't you can't achieve personal growth if you're pretending to be someone else. Mm. There's no way. How can you? Because if you think you can, then you're achieving personal growth under you know you're fake you're not real so in in the end you're never going to be happy with your life or with who you continue to please others and if people can't love and accept you for who you really are you have to look at yourself as a, a gift you have to start seeing yourself as a gift that all the uh, abilities all what you are is enough. And if that person, whether it's friendship or relationship, don't see true you and don't value you, they don't deserve you. Mm. They don't deserve you. So you have to see yourself as a diamond, as, as something just precious, because you are. And once you start seeing yourself as precious, people will start to treat you differently and will respect you. And that's a nail on the head. That's a nail on the head, or as I like to say, a mic dropping moment. All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I would rather, honestly, my my philosophy in life change to I would rather have you respect me than like me. You don't have to like me. long as you mm-hmm. respect me, we're good. We could, we could, you know, we're good. We could accomplish some stuff together. You, you know, at depending, but I think we have to get out of that, you know, cause I have yeah. a, everybody has their in their individuality. Everybody's personality is different. And I may be a little bit more vodka in the orange juice, a little <laughs> bit more mimosa than, than orange juice, you know? Um, okay. You know, I always say that because, you know, Valencia is an orange and they have Valencia orange juice. So I say I'm more like a mimosa 
you know, I have a little spike <laughs> to my orange juice, yes, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it, they're really, that's like my number one thing because respect is so important. That's like mm-hmm. in a relationship, you know, I don't have to like, you know, who my son or cousin or sister or whoever else is in a relationship with. But if I'm going to deal with them, I need to respect them. Yeah. You know? And Mm -hmm. if anybody tries to people please me, I have a really long checklist, so it's easier just to make me respect you. (laughs) That's cute. But also think about it. If you don't respect yourself, how can you expect someone or others to respect you? Hmm. Very good point, and everybody should mm-hmm. write that down. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, like truly, self self respect is, I think, one of the keys. So, mm-hmm. as you started to to you know grow grow into you, and you've lost people, and so on and so forth, did you ever renew your relationship with your dad? Um, I was able to talk to him and release everything mm. that I held for so long. It because when you hold something for so long, it becomes a cancer. It becomes a wound, and it it gets bigger and bigger because you try to put a salve on it, and it doesn't work if you don't actually get to the root. So I I had a conversation with him and told him everything that I have ever felt for years, and as soon as I did that. It was like a weight was lifted. And is our relationship restored? No. I mean, we talk here and there, but he's like still like a stranger to me. But I feel much better because I was able to release that by saying, hey, this is what I felt, you know, because I know when you said you had a step, you know, step, step, sister or brother, I mean, I did too. He had a. You know, my dad had a kid with his wife, and, you know, his kid got all the attention. He got both parents. So, at first, I mean, it was a, for a while, it was jealousy, too. I'm like, okay, you had another child. Well, what, what about me? You know, I'm your firstborn. What, you know, so it was just a wonderful feeling to release it and let it go because I felt that I had to hold on to it. I felt that, and that's, and that's another thing about being a people pleaser. You take on everything that's not your fault. If you believe it's your fault. So everything that I would suggest, everything that you blamed yourself for from childhood or whatever your mistakes are that wasn't your fault, let it go, release it. You have to because it's going to stop you from growing into who you really are. So, Look, side note or side question, uh, but kind of in line with what what we're currently discussing, do you recommend that people confront that, you know, a person in, in that situation? Like, if I feel used or so on and so forth should... By someone, you know, close or however, because I, uh, I hear it a lot, and I'm sure you do, that people don't feel supported and they feel used and abused by the people closest to them. Do you mm-hmm. recommend that, and, and then, let me go back, and then they change to now it's not, you know, I'm not a people please, pleaser anymore. So 
do you recommend that they, you know, confront the situation or leave it alone, let it die? You know, what would you recommend someone in that situation? First of all, I if it also depends upon what type of person you're dealing with. If you know this person has anger issues or going to fly off the handle, <laughs> confronting face-to-face, no. Write a letter. But let's say the person has passed on and you still harbored hurt from, let's say, something happened in your childhood and you, harbor, you still have that. Write it, write it down. Write it and release it. You have to release it. Because, you know, I, I didn't realize for years that all that stuff I held on to affected my progress. So if I would have released things, you know, a long, long time ago, I already realized that my path would have been different. But sometimes we think we know everything and we got this and it doesn't matter what happened to me back then, I'm still good. But then it comes out. It's like you have this baggage. You can't hold on to all this baggage and expect to be happy and fulfilled. You have to let it go. So like I said, it depends upon the person because you don't want to get into no fist fight with anybody because, you know, you say the wrong thing and that's it, you know. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) So... Then what what turned what turned out to be a good thing turned out to be a police thing. So yes. yeah. Write write letters, guys. If you know, when in doubt, write a letter. Write a letter. <laughs> that's, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the woman behind the mask. What is it all about? The woman behind the mask was a book written or compiled by Nakia P. Evans, and I was one of the co-authors. And I loved the idea that she came up with, with women coming and telling their stories of wearing a mask, what, you know, how did it feel? Because I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. It felt good at times to put on a mask. And, and then sometimes when you try to take it off, it's like it's so, you know, it has grown into you that it was hard to take off. Because it felt good to pretend to be somebody I'm not, you know. Hmm. But then I got tired of it. It it, it honestly felt good because I felt like I'm playing this role, you know. This feels wonderful. But then when the expectations of people, you know, that they have for you, excuse me, the expectations that people have for you continue to, you know, they expect it more and more. You're like, okay, wait a minute, I I can't do that. That's not who I am. So I just love the the idea that she came up with to have women just share their stories of what wearing a mask and how, you know, each woman released, you know, that, you know, stop wearing the mask and become who we authentically are. Were were you surprised? um, Were you surprised by the Mm -hmm. amount of women and the stories of them wearing a mask? Because sometimes I was because sometimes you think you're the only one that's going through something, even though, you know, people say there's other people going through what you're going through. But you're like, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe one or two. But then when you hear story after story, you're like, wow, so I'm not the only one. So, yes, I was surprised about how many women wear a mask. Hmm. I was. How how can the listeners get the get the book like where can they find the book um if you are interested in purchasing 
a copy of The Woman Behind the Mask, which came out in September of last year, 2016, you can contact me via social media, and I can make sure you get a copy of the book. You got to read it. <laughs> I'm I'm very interested. I'm very interested because I I believe that we all wear a mask, whether we call it that or something something different. You know, nobody wants to say, you know, yeah, I'm a people pleaser or yeah, I'm wearing a mask. This is not really who I am. No one mm-hmm. wants to say that, but I do believe that probably 95% of people have that experience to share mm-hmm. you know like you <laughs> go ahead and oh no I was just going to say that a little bit of my little bit of my story in the book was my version of being Cinderella you know how Cinderella <laughs> gets all dressed up because that's what it is you get all dressed up you're pretending to be someone else and then you got to hurry up and get back because you don't want people to really see you when the clock strikes 12. So that was mm. like my story was based on me being like Cinderella. I I love that. I, I love that analogy that you use. And that is, yeah, I pretty <laughs> much love that. So Cheryl, what is one tip you would like to leave the listeners with to help them Take off the people-pleasing mask. Yeah, well, let's see. There's so many. If <laughs> you are tired, if you have gotten, you've gotten to the point, you just are tired of pleasing others. The best thing I can say, just, just don't be afraid to be who you really are. You really have to be in tune with yourself. So my tip is. Really start loving yourself, complimenting yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror and say, I love me for who I am. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't like that I have hips. I love them anyway. So, but you just have to accept you for you. And once you really start to do that and fall in love with yourself, you can take the mask off. You're not going to be afraid to be you. You go on down that runway and be who you are and just love you. I I love that. I love that. And I'm going to tell you guys, my, my little tidbit is that it was a whole different world when I really learned how to just be me and love me. I didn't realize how much I didn't love me until I started to love me. So... That's my little tidbit is just to tell you that the the world looks differently when you're in love and love yourself. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. That's true. It's like you can accomplish any and everything. Yes. Yes. Take over the yes. world. Cheryl, mm-hmm. how can the listeners connect with you? You can check me out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm all over <laughs> there. So, just check me out, just reach out to me, and I would love to talk to you, hear from you. 
Yay. And guys, if you're connected with Define You Radio, (laughs) if you're connected with the show on Facebook, you will see her information posted there. And if you're listening online, just click where it says Cheryl's Facebook to connect with her. She is an awesome person. You guys know I only bring awesome people on the show. With that being said, thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us tonight, and welcome to the Define You Radio family. This is the family that you want to be in. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Remember, guys, knowledge is one thing, but applying it is a whole other. I'm all about applied knowledge, okay? What one thing can you apply from tonight's show to help you define your life, money, business, or relationships? Let us know on Define You Radio's Facebook page. Well, guys, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. (laughs) 